Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews, and theatre themed booze. Welcome back to another episode. Now, in this episode, we should warn you. Let's talk. Actually, we've got four great shows. Let's do those up top. Oh my god, you made me nervous now. What are we warning them about? You're like, we should warn you about the kitten. Oh, the kitten. About pretend. Okay, well, let's do that up top. There might be some, like, background noise because Alice has just had a kitten delivered yeah. this afternoon. <laughs> and it might be running around, climbing around, scratching around. So if you hear adorable scratchings and noises, it's an adorable kitten. She's tiny. Maybe we'll put a picture on the Instagram. Yes. So cute. So that's going to be going on. We're going to have one eye on a kitten the whole time. But we've got four really exciting shows in this episode. I know four shows is quite a lot to get through, which is why I haven't done a top tip this week. You've got Strange Loop. I've got Strange Loop, which is on at the Barbican Theatre. And I've also been to see Dear England, which is a new play at the National Theatre. And I've been to see Romeo and Juliet, the new production by director Rebecca Frecknell at the Armada Theatre. And I went to see 42nd Street, the new production that is going on a UK tour. has just left Sadler's Wells. So four really exciting shows and one really exciting kitten. (laughs) Um, But let's just jump into it then with the first show. So I'm going to talk about A Strange Loop, which Mm -hmm. is a musical that's come over from Broadway and it's on at the Barbican Theatre and you did not come to see it with me. (laughs) So sad about that. And The Guardian has described this as a fat, black, queer body musical and that it is magnificent and they gave it four stars. Okay, so it's about a guy called Usher who is a usher. A theatre usher. A theatre usher. And he loves musical theatre and... (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And he is very sweet, kind of vulnerable in his 20s. Oh, she just absolutely stacked it, trying to get on top of that cupboard. She is doing parkour <laughs> around, the, around the living room. Back to Strange Loop. Okay, Back to Strange Loop. It's about an usher. He's very sweet, vulnerable. He is in his 20s and he's just trying to kind of figure out his identity. He is writing a musical about a guy who's writing a musical and that guy is writing mm. a musical. Musical and a musical and a musical. Yeah, show and a show. Yeah, so it was... Meta. Very meta, but I found that sometimes confusing to understand who was singing or speaking. Like, okay. Are we, is the person in the musical that you're writing about singing now, or is it you, Usher? I see. Or is it you, the yeah. writer? Yeah. And um, it's... Yeah, so it's about Usher and what it's like to be uh, queer and black and dating and with a very religious family. Hmm. And some of it I found was definitely, I felt like it was geared towards American audiences. There were a few references. Is it like kind of deep, deep cuts of like Broadway Broadway no, specific? No. no, more about American like his culture. American culture mm-hmm. and religious culture and okay. kind of, um, so like, there's a lot of references to Tyler Perry, and I had to Google who that was afterwards. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that part of it left me feeling a little bit, um, like, unrelatable. Yeah. Uh, the other part of it, which was, like, it wasn't that it was unrelatable. To, it was unrelatable to me as, um, like, a heterosexual white girl. There was a lot of it about being fetishized um, as a black, like, gay guy that's, like, dating on all these apps and how, mm-hmm. like, it was brutal, some of that. Like, his experience yeah. was really eye-opening and how hard it is that he's not gay enough or not black enough or not. Yes, the one little bit I've seen of one of the songs that I think they did on the Tonys was kind of 
uh, drilling down into that that sort of thing, yeah. which seemed really interesting to me. It was really interesting, and I'm sure a lot of people will relate to it. And it's so good that that sort of like being voiced quite unique. It's quite as unique, a, as a and like when you're looking around the Barbican at the people there, you're like, this this doesn't feel like it was made for us. Like the yeah. wrong, we're not the people that kind of this is speaking to. But did it go down well in the Barbican, considering it's... Re- it went down really well. Standing ovation at the end. Yeah, because I guess sometimes it's like, ninety minutes or hundred minutes all the yes, way through. I was about to say. So you really feel like drawn into this world. He's on stage for the whole time. It's a small cast. It felt intimate and it felt exciting. The set's incredible, and the set starts off quite bare and then builds and there's like, like a that. showpiece yes. number, and you're like, wow. Okay. Is the music good? The music's great, sort of R and B, with a bit of hip hop, and also with a bit of like kind of spoken poetry. Like it, oh, yeah, it was yeah. really good, but some of it turned a bit emo. You know, and you're like, wow, this song's long. Yes, and it's gone a bit dark. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. If I could sum up like the music, some of it was self-loathing. Yeah. You know, it was very deep. Yeah. yeah. And that's just because he's getting all these like conflicting. I guess his family are like so anti-gay, like talking about you're gonna. It's like AIDS is God's punishment. And oh, really? So their family are quite. It's quite like dark. In yeah. That sense. So he's scared to be who um, he is because yeah, yeah. it's been drilled into him that it's yeah. such a bad thing or it has such terrible consequences. Yeah. And now he's like in the dating world trying to like figure mm. it all out. So like it's just got so much going on, and I think it's like a really important piece of work. But, but re- I didn't feel like-, like it was the finished article. Okay. I I was like, this could be great, but for me, it was like there was just the t- songs this... needed tightening up a little bit, okay. and I feel like those louder moments with his family, it just it suddenly I'm like, this is getting a bit baggy. Let's tighten. Yes, maybe a direction, maybe a directional issue. Yeah, as in like direction pulling all those pieces together. Like yeah, yeah. Do you recommend I see it? No. Oh no. No. Why not? I just, it just didn't really, it just wasn't a hit for me. I kind of still want to see it though. I don't no, know. Just, I it think... was no fun home. And that's kind yeah. of the similar stage cast yeah, family. Yeah, so queer yeah. musical. Okay. I mean, you, I want, I kind of want you to see it so that you could talk to me about it, but yeah. it, just, it wasn't a home run. Interesting. Okay, well, I'll have a think. Mm. I might still see it because you can get uh, Today Rush, Today Ticks Rush tickets for £29.50. I'm like, guys, when do we totally abandon the £25? <laughs> Rush ticket. They used to be twenty. We all went to twenty five. Now you're doing twenty nine pounds fifty. I'm like, okay, that's annoying. That's annoying because most like theatre you can get a, you can get a normal ticket in yeah. like the national for twenty pounds. Yeah, thirty pounds is starting to get a bit ridiculous. I'm like, when is this now not becoming a deal? Yeah, this today ticks deal. It's yeah. not a deal. It's kind of getting a bit annoying, isn't it? I'll see how I feel. Okay, let me give you the dates. Oh yeah, how long is it on for? Actually, how long do I have? Because Go and see it. Okay, I've changed my mind. Go and see it yeah. so that we can talk about it. There'll be moments in it. There's a big gospel number. There will be things okay. in it that you love. It just wasn't like, I just feel like it just needed a little bit more work. It just mm-hmm. needed a bit more tightening. And it just, there wasn't any number in it or anything that I really thought about that much afterwards. Okay. But that's just me. So A Strange Loop is on at the Barbican Theatre in London until the 9th of September. Okay, that's long enough. I think I might be able to see it. So I'll tell you about a show that you probably won't be able to see because it only runs at the Almeida Theatre until the 29th of July, but it's mostly sold out. It's Rebecca Frecknell's new production of Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, and Rebecca Frecknell's the hot director that's done Cabaret, Cabaret Streetcar Named Smoke, Desire. Streetcar, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
She has directed this new production of Romeo and Juliet. I had never seen Romeo and Juliet on the stage. I've, of course, seen the Baz Luhrmann film. Um, I think I saw the National Theatre production that they did during lockdown that was, like, filmed. But I've never actually seen it on the stage. So it's kind of, it's one that we all, I feel like, most people know quite well. But so to see it on stage is quite exciting. So this is a new production and it's, interestingly, like A Strange Loop, it's straight through was the first thing that took my interest because it says at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet something about, it says something like, within the next two hours we lay our scene or something. It actually specifies in the original Shakespeare the length of Romeo and Juliet. In the original text? Yeah, it sort of says our two hours, I can't remember the actual line, but it says our two hours of whatever of our story laid out and this production is two hours all the way through with no interval. And it actually worked, that worked really well. I'll say that right up top. (laughs) I feel like Romeo and Juliet, because you know it so well, I feel like once you're in it, you just got to kind of be in it Mm. and get to it. And that works really well. And also because I do think the film by Baz Luhrmann is so iconic, at least for me, that I kind of felt like this created that sort of similar vibe that a younger person might be more attuned to seeing it. Also, you just know where it's going. I don't need a break. Let's just get there. So this production was really good. It was quite a bare staging. um, And it was set in not a specific time. It wasn't Shakespearean. It wasn't... It was kind of modern, but their dress had like a flair to, so like Juliet had a sort of modern jacket, but it was corseted and Romeo had a sort of modern shirt, but it had a sort of baggy, almost like lace front, like Mm -hmm. a Shakespearean. So they were kind of calling back, but making it modern. Mm -hmm. So setting it in no time at all, really. And the set was very bare. It started off, it was really cool with this big, massive wall almost like the wailing wall and all the characters came out at the beginning and put their hands upon it and then they pushed it and the whole wall of the stage fell down she always does good sets doesn't she rebecca frenel yeah and her sets are always quite bare but use a lot of like lighting and music to kind of to make it feel theatrical still even though there's not like moving set pieces um this had a pretty young cast our romeo and juliet were both quite young and they were both actually really good they were not, especially Romeo, I feel like he can be a bit of a, just emo? sort of like emo-y, exactly, can be a bit emo-y or a bit over the top, because there's a lot of like professing love and this young love. Do you know what he's doing to her? He's what? love-bombing her. Do you know what yeah, that is? Yeah, what? Love-bombing. No, is that some sort of coercive control? Mm, no, it's where you like meet somebody and like really, really quickly, they are like, you're the most amazing thing ever. Let's be like boyfriend and girlfriend. They bump, they like mm-hmm. escalate the relationship so quickly. Yeah, and then as soon as you're it. like, mm, not really sure, they like done with you. Word. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously this doesn't pan out like that, but yeah, <laughs> he played it really well. I felt like he, um, it just didn't feel like too over the top. The line readings were kind of just some, you know, thrown away when they needed to be. Mm-hmm. But it felt kind of genuine. I got the genuine like relationship between them. So like I said, it was quite a bare staging. They used dance in a kind of interesting way. So when the first brawl happened, they started off doing a sort of more standard fight scene. And then it turned into a bit of a dance motif, a bit like Ballet Boysy style, like Ooh. physical theatre dance. Mm-hmm. And that worked quite well because then in later scenes, they could kind of rely on that rather than trying to do a realistic fight scene, which can maybe fall apart if it's not quite hitting. Yeah, good point. So I point. thought that worked quite well and took us into the more stylized vibe. Um, I'm trying to think what other things I really liked about it. I think the the key thing for this production that I think makes it 
really, really, really work is when Ro- when Juliet's parents tell her that she can't marry Romeo and they want her to marry Paris. Like, usually the dad kind of says, you will marry him and, you know, you're gonna, that's that kind of thing. And it's sort of... You kind of think, how are we getting to this step where she's going to kill herself or pretend to kill herself rather than go through with it? And in this scene, the way they played it was really good. The dad like literally let loose and kind of went wild and it wasn't just like a, you'll do what I say it was like scary it was scary and you kind of saw from her perspective you're like she's looking at this not just as your Mary Paris like he is saying I control you I control your life yeah and I felt that was really powerful and you thought oh shit she has she doesn't really have a choice here this isn't just like a oh you'll get married in an unhappy marriage or well it was he played it really well they did like, that in the film as well. I remember this was more Julie, really. This was more. He was like manic, and I think it worked really well. It could have felt too over the top, but it didn't. It felt just right because you were like, "Oh, he's manic. He's." I guess that's a good been... point because in today's with today's eye, you would look on it being like, "Okay, well, say that you're not going to, ma- or just marry yes, him exactly. and then leave." Or you yeah, know. this this really got the vibe of like, "Oh, she, we get that she's." This is a miserable. This is going to be a miserable life for her. The dad is insane, mm-hmm. and this is so that worked really well, and that kind of drove the whole ending really well to quite a dramatic finish. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good production. I don't think there were any weak links in terms of the cast. I think yeah, it was good. It was modern. It was fun. It was fresh. Um, I don't think it was like startling enough to transfer no. to the West End. I feel like it was perfect just at the Almeida for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Rebecca Frecknell has a real kind of, it has her all her hallmark kind of quite bare set, but feels like impassioned. and um, So good performances. Really good performances. Yeah, no one was weak and some interesting choices from everyone. I thought, yeah, Juliet's dad, the way they staged that was really cool. I thought... Romeo and Juliet had a really fun vibe. Juliet was quite kind of like plucky and boisterous, and yeah, there was just. But you're of... what I'm hearing is that you're like I'm glad you, you're glad you saw it. It was good value for money. It was a solid production, decent production. But you're not like Alice, go and queue up and get a ticket for this. No, I don't think so. No, I think if you're a Romeo and Juliet fan, I think this is going to be one of the best ones. I think this is up there mm-hmm. as a really, really good one. But also because. It's kind of like Chicago. Remember when we went to see Chicago? Like, Rob Marshall just nailed that film. And I know. Baz Luhrmann and then when you and I went Romeo to see Chicago, we were a little bit like, huh. Which is usually not my thing. I'm like, you've got to view them differently. They're different things. And they are. Yes. Chicago, the stage play is different. But that film is perfection. And yes. I feel like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet is just so good that I don't really need to see it on stage very often. But this was a brilliant production, and I now feel like good I don't point. really need to see another Romeo and Juliet. Good point. Um, talk but yeah, about, it was really good. Let's talk about, because we love the Almeida value for money. Yeah, I paid £20, sat on those little side of the circle. Really good view. 20 Again, quid. It's just so good. Yeah, and even their top price seats, they don't go up to very much. You, for, a, for a banging seat, it's £45 or something. And I think that's why it's good to just book stuff at the Almeida. Like, it's hit oh, and miss. Yeah. Like, you're not going to love everything. This isn't going to be something that you're like have to go and see but like for 20 pounds oh so worth it it's worth it and it's a good a great night out and it's in it's in angel it's like you don't even have to go into central yeah really yeah i think it's really good if you do really want to go and you love roman juliet i'd highly recommend that it's great production of it you'll have to go and get returns 
on the day from the box office a few hours before each How show. How long is it on for? When's it on still? 29th of July at the Almeida. Oh, not long at all. No, if you look online, occasionally tickets pop back up. I found a few. I found some for this Thursday only. So it's doable. But yeah, it was really good. I really, really liked it. But again, I don't think... Um, it's a shame you couldn't come, but I don't think like you have to go and see it. It's not like a breathtakingly new... It's just a, a really faithful staging with some interesting twists and they've really found the meat of it and made it feel contemporary and so I do know somebody that went on the same night as you what did they think well they said that it was good but they want they were like saying about the like the sort of kind of like the volume and the intensity was a bit much yeah well maybe that was the like Juliet's dad scene I felt in that scene it worked really well but for instance at the end when they die they played that quite extreme like almost like what it would actually be like not yes. like i'll take the knife and ah uh. yeah it was like a no how would you actually stab yourself yeah and because there I was <laughs> i love she had to work up to it she's like like imagine getting a knife and stabbing yourself i thought that was kind of cool and they got rid of the um epilogue you know where they say never was there such a tale of mm. woe like that's gone it just ends on the death Wow. Like for the impact. So, yeah, it might have been a bit over the top for some. But I then think I maybe felt... especially if there's no break, she probably left there it's thinking, intense. well, that was an intense Wednesday night. But I think Rebecca Freckle and the team must have looked at it and thought, how do we convince someone that two young people would, murder, like, would do this? And yeah. that, I felt like that's, that's why they had to have the intensity of Juliet's dad and everyone around them, this like fiery intensity. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Okay, cool. Is it time for a drink? Yes. Yeah. What should we have? Well, because, I was thinking, Yeah. because I've been to see, oh, hang on, wait, I thought of a drink, and it was to do with Dear England. She's starting to remember. I'm remembering. What is that from that we're saying that? Remember. remember. What's that from? just every film where people have to remember things. Oh, I felt like we'd seen it in something. Remember. remember. She's remembering. I've remembered. It's called a Sweet Caroline. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be the drink that will then lead us into me talking about Dear England, which is which is the new play at the National Theatre about Gareth Southgate <sighs> and how he took England to the, I want to say World Cup, but... <laughs> this is going to be a deep, football, <laughs> heavy... I can tell you now, I, I knew, didn't know a lot about football before I saw this. But you know that it's coming home. <laughs> I know that it was coming home. Okay, well, let's do this. A sweet Caroline. And then we went to Kuwait, I want to say. What? Qatar. Qatar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go make a sweet Caroline. So we're having a sweet Caroline because obviously the song by Neil Diamond, isn't it? Yes. It's become like synonymous with the last World Cup. Um, So this is vodka, peach snaps, Sprite, and either strawberry liqueur or you can muddle fresh strawberries if you're royal fancy. Um, But yeah, cheers. Cheers. Um, So tell me about Dear England because this week, again, I was supposed to be coming to see this just like strangely and I couldn't. Absolutely gutted because this is a very exciting new show. It's exciting and also I like I do like it sometimes when we don't see things together because I guess. I feel like our I know but you know how like our time is precious and we mm-hmm. do see a lot and sometimes we're dividing, and conquering. we're dividing and conquering and now I can say to you with like all my heart go see this show. Okay. So it's written by James Graham mm-hmm. and 
We love him. We've seen a few of his productions. They're always good. Ink was amazing. And it's directed by Rupert Gould. Yeah, from the Almeida. Love. And it stars Joseph Fiennes oh. as Gareth Southgate. Mm-hmm. And I took my friend who is um, for, as a birthday gift because he loves football. Okay. And he said that the Gareth Southgate, like they do a reenactment of... Gareth Southgate missing a penalty. Oh, yeah. And that's sort of like how he then came to, you know, it's like it was a flashback. Yeah, it was an important moment in his career. Yeah, and he said even the choreography of that penalty is spot on. That's like cool. how he took it. Yeah. And that was completely missed on me. Because yeah, I was yeah, like, I've never seen that happen. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it focuses on his um, sort of taking on this role as a sort of interim manager and then he does some really radical things with the team with mental health and their social media and things that people in the industry in the football industry see as being like kind of a waste of time. They're like, we should be doing practices on the pitch, not writing diaries about how we feel. Yeah. You're a little unorthodox. This basically sounds like the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's so but for football. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the you know, the key ingredient to all the great sports movies. Is yes. you know, someone coming in, shaking it up. So one of the things he does to shake it up is hire a psychologist, Pippa Grange, who is played by Gina McKee excellently. And they were actually selling her book in the um, foyer. And it's about how to, um, it's called something about fear. And it's about facing your fear. And she realises that the reason that England are constantly missing on these penalties is because of the pressure, the fear, Mm -hmm. and she completely changes like, I found it so interesting. She said, from now on, we're getting the goalie, like your mate, your teammate, to hand you the ball and you'll have eye contact and that will make you feel safe and then you'll take a penalty. Okay. Like, little yeah, things yeah. like that. And I'm like, I wonder if they still do that and if mm. she brought that in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the set was incredible. It's by set designer Es Devlin, who is, like, the coolest set designer. When I worked at the Royal Opera House, whenever she was doing a production as a set designer, I was always like, what... Is it going to... It's very modern. Mm-hmm. Some of it feels like fashion shows. It's always, like, bare with, like, cool lighting and yeah. very modern. She did um, Rihanna's recent Super Bowl halftime. Uh, she did the set for that. Oh, okay. So the set's really cool. Like, it has the... You know when you're at a stadium and you have the round LED screen that yeah. has adverts on? Yeah, they yeah. have one of those. That's cool. That they use to sort of signify the time. They have these... Um, the locker room is just like revolving doors that have bad um, shirts on, but people come through them. So the set's amazing. I do love that. The National do that really well, don't they? Just like yeah. fit money in. And it was in the... Oh, I can't remember which one it was in. Um, Not the Olivier. What's the other one? Where's Littleton. Littleton. Yeah. I sat on the back, well, the middle of the back um, on the on the upper level and I had a perfect view. Like yeah. get any seat and you'll it's be happy. It's just a big square, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's massive. No, it's not a square. It's round. It's where we went and saw, um, what was the thing that went round with the emo boy? The thing that went round with the emo boy? The guy and you were like, oh, he's singing again. Oh, um, <laughs> it was in the Olivier then? It must have been in the oh, Olivier. Oh, Yes. What was that? What are you talking about? Hades Town. Hades Town. I love your description of Hades Town. <laughs> the emo boy in the middle of the thing, and it was going round and round. He just kept on walking around. He did walk round with that guitar, and a he lot, just didn't kept he? on singing. And oh. you were like, "Oh, he's singing again." Reeve Barney's so annoying. <laughs> he was so, so badly cast. Anyway, so I mean, I, I could go on and on talking about how great this play is, and I just want to say, if you don't like football or don't know anything about football, still go and see it because yeah. there were jokes in it about. 
like Harry Kane, he puts it together a new squad and one of the team teammates is um, Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. And his impression, people were roaring. It really? was bang on his his voice apparently. Yeah. But even though I don't know that that's like I still found him doing it really funny. funny. Yeah. And it's touching, and I just loved the whole thing. I cannot wait to see it. It is long. The only, literally, the only negative thing I I couldn't say anything bad about. It. I wouldn't change a single thing. But um, it's very long, and I remember yeah. thinking, oh my god, it's going to be late, like a late, late finish. finish. It's like nearly three hours, two that's hours fifty. Go, yeah. So go and see a matinee. Well, my options for seeing it. So I have looked into this. Of course, we booked far in advance, like the clever dicks we are, and then obviously I couldn't go. So I'm now in the situation of trying to find tickets. It's pr- it's. Not fully sold out, but what's left seem to be fairly expensive tickets. So what I'm going to do is the National Theatre's Friday Rush. Oh, £10 tickets. 1pm every Friday, you enter it at 1pm, go on the website, and you can pick tickets from the following week. If you're lucky, you'll get some. They're £10. And if not, I've been looking each day, and things do come back through on the day for that night. So I might just have to kind of last minute grab some seats because I really, really want to see this one. You can't miss it. Yeah. Okay. I will make sure I do it. When does it, how long have I got? So that's my five star review of Dear England at the National Theatre. When does it close? It closes on the 11th of August. It's not long. Not long at all. You've got literally like four and a half weeks. Yeah. So let's move on to our final show, which I went to see without you. All our shows have been without each other this week. I went to see on a whim before it left Sadler's Wells, 42nd Street. Big Broadway musical, a big classic kind of... We've already the, seen it once, right? At the Drury, Theatre Royal Drury Lane. A long time ago. Yeah, when was that on? 2014, 15, yes, something probably like that? Yes, God, your memory is amazing. And I, it starred Bonnie 15. Langford Bonnie when Langford I went to see it. in it, exactly. So that was a big old production. It's a big tap musical set in the 1930s after the Great Depression on Broadway. And it's a you know, story, the flimsiest story ever. They're putting on a show... Peggy Sawyer, the young Huffer, has never been in a show. She gets in the chorus line and then the lead actress gets in. Look, no one's and... going to see this for the storyline. You're going for... Big tap the, routine. The tap routine that has been drilled like it's been in the army. Like, yeah. not a foot out of place. You're, you're, you've got people coming down on stairs. You've got enough sequins, like, for the Outfits, whole... Yeah, yeah, it's incredible spectacle. Well, what I'll say about this production is the the level of talent from the cast is really, really strong. Um, but it is a touring production. So this was Leicester Curve, then it came to Sadler's Wells, and now it's off on a UK tour. Okay. So compared to the Drury Lane, it is scaled back. Oh. So if you saw Drury Lane, Drury Lane was like an especially magical production because in that end number when they are on the stairs, like the lit upstairs. I can still I remember think it. it was about, I can't remember how many were in that chorus, but it must have been 20 plus, which is quite authentic. It was huge and it was like breathtaking. This doesn't have that. This has maybe an ensemble of 15, which is still a good number. But those moments where they're all tapping together, the talent was there, but the the sheer spectacle of numbers was not. Mm -hmm. So that was a little disappointing having seen it before for me Mm. to think, oh, it's not quite the same with, with 15 or 14 ensemble members as it is with that huge... I can imagine... Because that's kind of part of it. Yeah. A little disappointing. However, if you're, if you're, you know, at, if you, if it comes to your regional theatre and you want to see a glitzy Broadway show, it's fun. The music's kind of fun, old school, classic, nothing outstays its welcome. 
Um, and the numbers are great. Lots of tap routines. The cast are incredible. Les Dennis is touring with this, who people will know. Faye Tozer from Steps is going to be in it. She wasn't in the um, Saddler's Wells, but she's going to do it on tour. Mm. So it's like a fun, glitzy show. Take your family, enjoy it. But having seen it at Drury Lane, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. And I know you wanted to see this production. Yeah, see, this is when I'm glad that we don't go and see everything together. Yeah, and I'll say I think... I don't think I think with cra- and I think with Crazy for You being in town, which is a Gershwin musical, oh, yes, also I want to see old that school Broadway. I feel like that's the one that you can go and see instead, and I'll go and see. Um, so I don't think you've missed out hugely. Okay. However, if you are somewhere not in London and it's coming to your town, and you like a classic Broadway musical, Singing in the Rain, Crazy for You, that big tap, glitz, showy, silly story, but great performers, you'll go home happy. Go and see this for sure, because it's great. Um, but of course, it's no, it's just not going to be that Drury Lane performance. And it's just not going to blow you. Like, it just blew me away the first time. And so... I had never seen anything on that scale. No. I've never seen that many people dancing on stage, except in like a Busby Barkley movie. Or Yes. It's like... It was quite unprecedented. That's what made that production spectacular. And so having seen that, I was always going to be disappointed if it wasn't on that scale. So that was a bit of a shame. But I still had a fun time. I went to a Saturday matinee... It was a, you know, it yeah. was fun. It was okay. cute. It's 42nd so ha- Street. So it's on until when? Uh, it runs until almost the end of the year, I think up until October, November. Um, I'm not going to read out all the different towns it's going to. Like an no, advert. but how long is it on its saddle as well? So oh, it's finished. Oh, it's finished. Yeah, that's why I went. Sorry. It was on this weekend and I thought, I'll just go and see it. Okay. Um, so but it's touring. touring all over, all over the UK. So yeah, I'd recommend it. It's fun. Okay. It's good fun. But you haven't, you know, okay. you don't need to head out to, you know. No. Bristol to go see it. Yeah. But if you are somewhere and you want to see it, it's, it's a it's a good fun show. And the, the talents, like the tapping, everything is brilliant. Like I saw a matinee, I thought, how are they going to do that? I love that feeling when you're like, how are they doing that again later tonight? Yeah. They must be exhausted. That like Because they've put so much into out. it. It's full out. It's full out and they're brilliant. So I really enjoyed it. But you haven't, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, you missed out a big one. Okay. That's yeah. good. So what have we got coming up together? Are we going to see something together for a while? Like, uh, yeah, time? what are we going to go see together? Let's put our calendars. We don't have much. I think Sound of Music might be our next one down in Chichester. Their new production of Sound of Music in a couple of weeks. Crazy for you. Definitely I want to see. Yes. With Charlie Stemp. Okay, well, thank you everyone for listening this week. And we'll be back with um, definitely a review of Sound of Music down in Chichester and hopefully some other fun stuff. So thanks for listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Follow us at Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast.